Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 38 of the All In Football Fantasy Premier League podcast show. I am your host, the so-called self-proclaimed FPL guru, Alex Rex, and joining me today, all in his lonesome, is Scott Williams. Scotty, how are you doing today? Not doing too bad, mate. Not doing too bad. Um, probably better than you are, fantasy football-wise. <laughs> yeah, not the best start to the season. Uh, overall rank 5.3 mil, strong. Bottom 50% of managers, and I'm trying to give people advice, so... That's uh, that's the bottom of our mates' money league. Great start, um, <laughs> but long way to go. So thirty-two weeks. Um, it's uh, going to be a long road back, but I like it. I see it as a challenge. So um, let's uh, let's get started. I, I'm I'm in, I'm enjoying the fact that now I think, and one of the one of the main topics of this week is going to be talking about wild card options, um, potential people to have in those teams, and how to talk about structures because I feel like now we're at that point where instead of we we think we know what we think you know we create narratives with people at the beginning of the season don't we like you know we think Haaland will hit the ground running you know Mitrovic will surely kick on you know both of those did but other people had narratives of no one will ever settle into Pep's teams quickly um Mitrovic failed twice in the Prem before so he won't do it again you know and everyone comes up with their own um narratives don't they whereas now we're sort of six weeks in and most of today's podcast and uh, YouTube show is going to be looking at sort of what we what we know now after the first six weeks and looking at how we can use that information um, moving forward. Um, quick quick shout out to the sh- uh, to the socials. Uh, give us a, fo- um, a follow on All in Football Pod and All in Football P on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And then don't forget to please like the video and also subscribe to the channel if you uh, if you want to get more content from us and also follow us where we get uh, your podcasts from. Uh, I'm going to start off by, we've got three game weeks that have happened since we were last on, Scott. It's been busy, mate. It's been very, very busy. I did quite well on one of them, and then I've steadily declined. <laughs> still still sixth in the uh, sixth in the um, the mini league for the podcast, and you're over rank 669k. Really strong, like, solid position to be in at this start of the season, because you know, there's 10.3 million fantasy managers, which is the most there's ever been. And there were 17 million transfers last week. So, there's, you know, there's a lot of active people um, still playing the game. So it's difficult. There's a lot of luck involved still. Um, loads of luck, in fact. Everything's luck. Um, <laughs> no, there's a lot of luck involved still. Um, and there's still a lot of people who have probably set and forget their teams and uh, who are still doing quite well. Um, managers of the week. So for game week four, big shout out to Mr. David Knowlton. Going to go back to his team. 88 points. So uh, well done, Dave. Congratulations for your uh, first ever manager of the week. Shout out. Allison in goal, Trent, Cody, Nico Williams, Cancelo, Salah, Ward, Prowse, Erdegaard, Saka, Haaland captain and Jesus. The big thing there was Haaland captain. He got the hat trick against Crystal Palace as the captaincy. And everyone who went Salah, who got no returns whatsoever from a 9-0 win over Bournemouth, <laughs> um, which is, I still can't quite believe he didn't get anything in that game. I, he had two, like, sitters as well, um, but still. So well done to uh, well done to Dave. Congratulations on that one. Uh, we've got a previous manager of the uh, manager of the week and a, and a previous manager of the month winner from last season, who was manager of the week uh, the week before that, right above uh, David Knowlton in the league. It's Mr. Callum Burnett. So congratulations, Callum. 96 points in game week five. Went for the captain of Haaland. You've got Mitrovic, 
Jesus, Martinelli, Salah. Started Pereira, went for the double up on Fulham and got 15 points from it, so really well done there. Cancelo, 12. Trent Alexander-Arnold and Edison. Uh, Rodrigo, of course, with one point. But Trippier with no points for you as well. Um, but uh, yeah, 96 points. So fantastic stuff there. And I wouldn't be doing my job right here if I didn't give a shout-out to the man who was manager of the week in game week six, as much as I don't want to shout him out. Mm-hmm. It's our friend Cully Matharu with 67 points. Uh, Sanchez, um, Rico Henry, Trippier, Cancelo, Nico, Rashford from Manny Sports Liverpool, uh, Diaz, Sterling, Haaland, Jesus, and Harry Kane, captain. Strong, strong front line. Jesus, Haaland, and Kane, isn't it? It's not bad, is it? It's not bad at all. Managed to get. Um, he's gone very heavy in uh, in terms of, but and and slightly weaker at the back, which is one of the uh, conversations. How have you found the last three weeks, Scott? Anyway, because I've done a lot of rambling to start this podcast. Yeah, I mean, the last three weeks have been. Um, I think we've learned a lot about the big players. We've learned a lot about Haaland. He's a real deal. Uh, obviously, he got a couple again last week in the Champions League. We were saying on the podcast the other day, he might not be getting many touches, but at the end of the day, if those touches result in goals, that's all that matters. Um, I think we've realised that Mo Salah is not um, irreplaceable in a team. Absolutely not. Um, I'm really regretting not bringing him out uh, last couple of game weeks. Um, is Mo Salah, is Mo Salah, is Mo Salah, but he ain't performing like Mo Salah at the minute. He's. It's not like, I mean, in the Bournemouth game, you said himself, he's missed two setters and he could have had a third. That's, that is what it is that happens sometimes. At least he's there to get those sort of chances in the other games he's, he's been awful we watched the Ever- watched the Everton game at the weekend and I thought it was one of the best nil-nil games I've ever seen in my life it was fantastic but he was he was contributing nothing at all to the game um he was he was yeah and I think a lot of people and it's certainly something I'll be looking at doing is switching them out and potentially looking at bringing um someone like Kevin De Bruyne in um or or potentially sorting my strikers out. But yeah, it's certainly not someone I'm scared now of bringing out. 13th in the amount of points he's got in the last three game weeks. So for 13 million, is he really worth it? Uh, you know, not worth it. And and that's been the, that's been... Um, and let's be honest, that's, and, and, that's, and that was with a really lucky assist for... Thinking Bob's goal, the kid's goal against uh, Newcastle. Yeah, Cavalier. he got the really lucky shoulder on it, and then Cavalier put it in. If it weren't for that, I think he got a couple of bonus on that as well. It wouldn't be anywhere, you know, it won't potentially be in a top 15, 20 here. So, is that yeah, when they kept playing until Liverpool scored at Anfield? I felt like I was watching old old Trafford of old. <laughs> like you've got to keep got to going until United win. That's what happens, isn't it? Oh, it's because um, John Anderson talk about an hour to walk off the pitch. You wouldn't have thought they were like looking, you know, at a title race, really, would you? But yeah, weird with his hamstring, I think, didn't they, or something? But, yeah, he's um, the about coming off, then, didn't he? But even in terms of getting into positions, like Mo Salah's not even in the top twenty players in the last three game weeks in terms of xG, uh, expected goals, that is. Uh, and in terms of expected goal involvement, he is twentieth out of twentieth uh, out of obviously out of twenty out of all the players that have played. But his expected goal involvement has been two point three, so two point three returns in the last three weeks. It's just not the form of someone who's worth thirteen million. Um, so it, it it's it's something where I think we can. There's only one man really at this very moment in time that we kind of have to have in our teams that's a premium. And that's Erling Haaland for obvious reasons. Um, City are winning games. I mean, they have drawn two of the last four in the Premier League. Um, but they are 
the winning game, them being able to manage his minutes as well. Yeah. And he's delivering and returning at fantastic levels. And they're not, you know, it's it's not a fluke. There's the, Let me just show you the um, for the whole season rather than just the last three game weeks. But in terms of uh, expected goal involvement, he's at 9.2 um, and he's scored 10 and got one assist. So he's got 11 goal involvements in his expected return is 9.2. So he's only just above that. Um, yeah, the thing XG... is, Seven, sorry. the thing is with a Halland as well, even if he doesn't start, you've still got a chance of him coming on and scoring two or three goals. So he's going to come on at some point in the game because Halland's the kind of player that he's going to be fuming if he's sitting on the bench. He never wants to sit on the bench. He never wants to come off. He's similar to what a salary is. Your, your fantasy week's not over if Salah was benched in the last three, four seasons because you can come on and he can get two free goals, get three bonus points, and you're good to go. Um, so he's, st- he's still got that threat, and he's yeah, he's yeah, he's just he's just a machine, isn't he? Just just to mention that about because I think it's an important point. You know, so we're, we we laugh and joke. I've had a terrible start to the FPL season this year, but you know, some of the decisions that have been made, some of them have been a little bit of bad luck, and some of them have been quite simply just poor decisions. So, for example, I captained Kevin De Bruyne against Nottingham Forest because I, you know I tried to predict that Pep would rotate Haaland in that game and I thought I'll go for De Bruyne as a differential because Haaland in our league has him and that'll be my big chance to to jump back up and then Haaland banged a hat-trick and that absolutely stuffed me uh, and then not only that De Bruyne came on for one point um, and then missed a one-on-one which was very very painful to watch when that happened but that's not really bad luck that's a mistake you know and that's a mistake I won't be making again this season um, someone like Haaland you, you've got to make sure that you are backing him uh, at this very moment in time. You know, he's already scored 27 more points than any other fantasy player this season, and he scored 67 points total. So um, the closest to him is well, Harry Kane, uh, followed, fun, funnily enough. Um, sorry, not Harry Kane. It's not Harry Kane next at all. Um, it's it's Ivan, Ivan Tony, 45. Um, but still, Ivan Tony. Uh, we'll... we'll um, but that's a, a a luck versus making a mistake situation. Um, De Bruyne is an interesting one as well because he still delivered a, a you know decent amount of points at thirty five this season. You know, Salah's delivered thirty eight, but uh, we've got some players above that have you know uh, Pascal Gross, who funnily enough has scored three goals this season. I'm pretty sure his last like three seasons he's scored a maximum of three goals, so he's already got like his best ever season. So especially with Potter's going to go to Chelsea. I, yeah. A lot of people have I've seen jumping on him, and I've seen a few people jump on Alexis McAllister because he's on set pieces and penalties. Uh, we're looking at Brighton's fixtures moving forward, but I'll look at the ticker. I wouldn't be pushing that no. too much, to be I, to be honest. McAllister was one I was looking at just because the last couple of games I've watched Brighton play, and I must say he's been the best player on the pitch for Brighton. Um, he it was so unlucky. He obviously scored a worldie last game. He should have had two worldies last game. So unlucky not to have that one. That one sort of ruled out for a dubious offside. But he has looked. I was. It was seriously someone I was looking at bringing in. But the whole Potter thing, you just can't back Brighton players now. Not when they're losing one of the best managers in the league. You know what's a real shame on that as well is for so for example, my ideal is to wildcard in game week nine, uh, and I'm not wildcarding this week by the way. But why we're talking about what we'll refer to wildcards a lot is because I've had a lot of people ask me questions about 
you know, should I wildcard now? This is the team I'd have. This is whatever. Now I feel like we have enough information to wildcard. I also feel like game week seven, eight, nine, and 10 are the optimal game weeks to use the wildcard just because of what's happening with the World Cup coming to game week 16. I feel like you get the maximum amount of impact with it and also you'll have the most amount of information and also there's the maximum amount of fixture swings. So for an example, Brighton, they've got Bournemouth and Palace in the next two. So even if you were wildcarding in game week eight and you wanted a one-week punt on McAllister against Bournemouth or a two-week punt on McAllister against Bournemouth and then Palace at home, then that would be that would be ideal because then they've got Liverpool away, Spurs at home, Brentford away, Forest at home, but Man City away, Chelsea at home. You know, they've got a pretty tough run um, from game week nine onwards. Um, obviously, you know, stand out, they've got Forest at home, which is should be the softest game for them in game week 12. But other than that, they've got quite a difficult fixture run. So um, there would have been ideal for a, a sort of a two-week punt, but no, I, don't, I don't. I'm not too sure. What do you What do you make of the whole two-call situation, Scotty? Briefly. Yeah, I mean something had to give there. I think, um, like I said, I think two calls is is unlucky. Um, but you, you're a Chelsea manager. You don't get time. You've never had time, whether it be Roman Abramovich or whether it be the new owner in the club. Um, as soon as things start going sour, there's too much money uh, involved. They can't afford, they've spent a quarter of a billion pounds in the transfer window. They can't afford to be not challenging uh, the Premier League, especially when Demonis must be looking at it and looking at Liverpool dropping points, uh, Man City dropping points this early on and thinking, how are we not sort of top of that top two of that league? Um, they've not necessarily had the hardest fixtures. Uh, they got pumped by one of the relegation favourites, Leeds, um, and they got absolutely played off the park. Um, it's, it's a tough one because I think if... Thomas Tuchel would be a good manager to bring in now for Chelsea. Yeah. Because he's a good manager. And I think any good manager coming into Chelsea would be fine. But he's just got to unravel and run out of ideas and just in that horrendous position where if you look at Tuchel a year ago, his demeanour was so different. And you can just tell a mile off, can't you? Um, They need a freshen up. Um, They've brought a lot of players in from from what I've heard. They've not necessarily been his players. Obviously, a couple of players have come in. Because they, you know, like Aubameyang, that played under him at Dortmund previously. But um, Potter, I think, will make Chelsea quite an exciting team and should should make them um, attacking assets very tasty looking forward. Because as much as the defence has been horrendous, as soon as they've spent £4.8 billion on it, uh, attack has been pretty crap, hasn't it, for all the money they've spent on that? So it'll be interesting, um, interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, eight goals in six games and the last six games, draw, loss, win, loss, win. It's just been so inconsistent, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, lovely and tight at the top of the table, though, after the um, United um, beating Arsenal. It brings it to, there's only, well, there's three points separating the top five and five point. well, so, sorry, sorry, I'll bring Liverpool into it. Six points uh, separating too, mate. the top, you, top You can five. have your moment here. <laughs> I mean, well, three, three points off the top league, of the top of the league, mate. <laughs> Klopp's, uh, Klopp's next out, isn't he? Um, but no, I, I, in, in all seriousness, obviously not. I really hope he is. That would be an, an amazing thing for United fans. Uh, what do you make of United's turnaround in form? For uh, four wins in a row and also them uh, as fantasy, fantasy assets? Because obviously Rashi, Rashford's been... Yes. Um, absolutely smashing it in terms of numbers. 
But oh, welcome back to professional football, Marcus Rashford. It's been a couple of years. Um, <laughs> he has been terrible for two years, hasn't he? Let's be he's honest. Been, he's been very terrible for two years. He's he's certainly someone that you can tell is a confidence player. Look, when Rashford came onto the scene, he absolutely, as Mike Richards would say, burst onto the scene. Um, he scored a couple of goals in the Champions League or Europa League. He scored a couple against Arsenal and he was up and running. He was flying. He was the exciting English prospect. Um, I think still at the time he'd have had the experience heads like I think Rooney would have still been at the club and a few others back then as well. Um, I think Man United full full credit, absolute full credit to Ten Hag. There, um, he's had the ball to put Ronaldo and Maguire on the bench. Fair enough, well done. Um, I would say about Ronaldo as well, he doesn't look like he's sulking. He's uh, when he's come on on, he's trying. You see him celebrating goals. You see him in the warm up trying to motivate players, which I think is full credit to. Ronaldo, um, and yeah, they're looking they're looking like an exciting team to watch again. And he's really sort of shored up at the back. I know they've uh, sort of been lucky a few games and whatnot, but yeah, Ronaldo looks good. Anthony, nice finish for his goal. Um, yeah, I would I'd be looking at oh, Ronaldo looks good. Rashford looks good, should I say? Um, I'd certainly be looking at a potential Rashford bringing into my team. I must say. Yeah, well, he's currently at 6.5 million and with fixtures, um, this is the sort of player again, they don't have the the most amazing fixture until game week 16, but they've got Palace and Leeds in their next two. So if you're looking at wildcarding in game week nine, these guys, again, United players, Palace and then well, in the Leeds at home, you know, Rashford, maybe a Sancho. I'm really intrigued to see what Ten Hag does in Europa League in terms of what team he starts because he's been managing Sancho's minutes deliberately because he sees him as a really key man. He managed Anthony's minutes. Obviously, he's not played loads for Ajax because he didn't, you know, they went on strike, didn't they, for two, two weeks or something to make sure he went to come, came to United. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not so sure. About that That's why, you know, Rashford seems like a just a fantastic option at 6.5. He's playing through the middle for Man United um, against, you know, Palace, who will probably sit back and let them have quite a lot of possession and try to counter-attack them. And, we know what happens when United play Leeds. Anything happens <laughs> in those games. Um, so I would look at United options for punts for the next two weeks. Uh, I was just having a quick look at the um, the statistics. And in terms of expected goal involvement, you know, top of the list is, is Bruno Fernandes. And he's he's above, in, he's actually above Marcus Rashford in terms of expected goal involvement. Rashford's had um, three goals and two assists so far this season. Bruno's only had one goal, one assist, so he's quite a long way underperformed his XGI. Um, in nine point eight is just a lot of money compared to six point five. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. But um, Bruno, we all know, plays better when Rashford doesn't. Rashford when Ronaldo doesn't Ronaldo. play. Yeah. So, um, if you wanted to go for a two-week punt, I mean, Bruno's. Value is only going to go one way as well. I don't. I don't blame anybody for going for a, for Bruno Fernandez. He's somebody that I'm considering for a two week punt because I think zero players in our league have him. Mm. So you know, when you're 37th out of 40, you need a differential. So, <laughs> so that sort of player. Whereas a lot of people have Rashford, but anyway, that's a, that's an option. And obviously, Ericsson's influence has been uh, has been been really good on it. Been, um, been a bit of the, I would say about Ericsson, he's very much the assist of the assist, isn't he? Um, yeah. I, I think both of the goal, a couple of the goals of the weekend. But uh, I think one man that's been brought back into, if you're looking for a cheap defender, it's got to be Dallow as well. I, I agree at 4.5. Um, 
Malassi has been great in terms of attitude and he's been picked out as somebody that, you know, has been shown really, you know, a lot of character on the pitch. He is so prone to a mistake, though. That's all I say is I've seen him dive in a couple of times when he shouldn't. He should have probably had a couple of yellow cards when he's got away with it. He's been... He's a little, he's a touch erratic. So he's four point four. Dallow's four point five. Dallow's delivery is better. That's another thing I would say. So um, I'd go Dallow over Molassi even for the for the point one if you were trying to get to trying to get back into um, trying to get into their their defense. Um, so done the last three weeks, and I wanted to talk a bit of research that I did prior to this podcast because i've seen so many content creators and i've you know i've been flicking through a lot and I, there, there's there was one in particular which i listened to on fantasy football scout and a guy called fpl harry he's a really he's, he's a he really good at his fpl and he's he's, he's an account worth following he's, he's good on tiktok if you're a tiktoker um in terms of his uh fantasy advice but along with him and a few others have, have been putting together structures for wildcard teams that have basically all been five at the backs or four at the backs. And my feeling from this year was that that's not really how it's gone. And obviously one of our big lessons that we learned last year was being adaptable quickly and early and getting on what is doing well quickly, it helps elevate your rank massively. And one of the big mistakes I made last year was not going to big at the back quick enough. So I had a look at, and for YouTube watchers, hopefully you can see this okay. Um, it's uh, If you're on your phone, it might be a little bit small. But I wanted to have a look at the um, the amount of points that goalkeepers, defenders and midfielders and strikers had scored, um, the top 10, 20 players, and how many points they'd scored cumulatively um, over the last three seasons, so season by season. So, for example, at goalkeepers, the top 10 performing goalkeepers in season 2021 scored 245 points. Last season, they scored 280 points. And this season, they scored 269 points all these are all for first six game weeks. So goalkeepers generally score within the same ballpark in terms of points. Um, defenders, however, 533 points in 2021. Last season, 614 points. And this season, 509. So we've seen a really quite substantial 15% drop off in the amount of points that defenders are getting this season compared to last season. And it's actually less than the season, um, two seasons ago. And the amount of defenders that are in the top 20 fantasy Premier League performing players this season is only one in that Jao Cancelo. And it was seven last season. It was seven of the top 20 performing players in the first six game weeks were defenders last season. Um, so we didn't jump on defenders quick enough this time, but I do feel like this season compared to um, compared to others, Midfielders seem to be outperforming everybody, outperforming everybody else generally. So on average, there was nine players. Sorry, there was nine players in the top twenty uh, three two seasons ago. There was nine again last season. There's been eleven this year. So we've seen um, midfielders uh, take a step forward, and also strikers. We had this big conversation last year, didn't we? Strikers were terrible last year. Um, they scored a cumulative total of five, uh, 416 points um, over the first six weeks. And this year, it's only been 438. But that's because this season, we've seen the top four strikers, Mitrovic, Tony, Haaland and Kane in particular, oh, and, and Jesus, who are top five, be far above the rest of them. So there's been six players, six strikers, 
in the top 20. Um, so this is the the summary. Two goalkeepers, one defender, 11 midfielders and six strikers and top 20 performing players this year. So I don't know what your take on that is, Scotty, but for, for me personally, I want to try and learn a lesson from last year and I might I'm, I might be taking a little bit of value actually out of the defense. I might still keep my I might still put a Cancelo in because he is mm. the top performing defender. Let's not be silly about things. I mean, he's still the best. He's the only one in the top twenty. But um, you know, is it time to move away from a Trent? And should we look at James Diaz, Van Dyke, Robertson? Really? What do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, I think if you look at the amount of players that doubled up on Liverpool defense at the start of the year, and we we discussed on this show, we said, oh, we think we might be going. You know, I think going Robbo and Trent could could be the one. Um, a lot of people did, and it's really not paid off for him at all this season. Um, and I think that just just proves sort of Liverpool as a whole not as good defensively. Um, even Man City. So I double I, I had Edison and Cancelo at the start of the season, so I doubled up on City defense. City not really keeping clean sheets in the Premier League at all. Um, so yeah, just we've always said about these top defenders as well. It's not particularly the clean sheets. We do care about them, but they've usually been backing it up with assists and goals and just not don't seem to be happening as much this year. Um, it seems to be coming through these like mid mid price to 8 million, well, even like 6.5 to 8.5 million pound midfielders. Your Pascal Grosses, we've discussed already, your McAllisters, uh, your Rashfords, people like that that are really the ones that are bringing the points in this season, whereas last season it was, you know, you'd see five at the back, you, you can tell those Trent's, Robbo's, Reese James, everyone like that, but again, Chelsea may change with Potter coming in, but leaking goals left, right, and uh, left, right, and center there. So, yeah, for me, I'd I wouldn't be. It's still, I, I'm gonna, right now. I think it's harder for me to take Trent out than Salah, just because Trent is still looked a bit dangerous when he's been sort of pushing forwards. The cross is crossing is still you know top top tier crossing. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be worried about sort of downgrading some defenders to you know a Brentford defender or um, you know someone someone along those lines. Uh, the trolling of the fifty-eight minutes was brutal, wasn't it last week? Yeah. But exactly. Trent's returns this season: one, three, zero, seventeen, <laughs> two, and one. Yeah, and that's I don't know. It's just surprised me a lot because. It, I don't think he's nowhere near being good enough for me, but I think he's looked okay. Like a, a lot of things still go, a lot of stuff goes down that right hand side still. Uh, you know, we've got Salah down there chopping in, not really doing a lot, but a lot of it still seems to come from uh, Trent. And Cancelo's 7 11 0 1 12 yeah. 2. And that's um, one that I don't think's looked that good. Yeah, it's weird that, isn't it? Yeah. They've had three clean sheets compared to five in their opening six last yeah. season. So the three this season, City. There's only been one less clean sheet kept this season than last season. They've just been a lot more spread out yeah. um, across people. So obviously I, these things are all subject to change. Yeah, I would say there's, there's a person on there that I think is like the best. Yeah, Reese James. Reece I think it's a lot the best going forward, without a shadow of a doubt. He's been putting himself in dangerous, dangerous positions. Um, first three out of four game which was quite good for him and then obviously didn't play against Southampton because he was ill and then the one point return against West Ham but watching watching him last night in the Champions League I thought he was the best player on the pitch for Chelsea um, he, he and... is he's really good as well with looks like Chilwell's coming back and remember what them two were like when they were playing yeah. together 
Um, I'll be an interesting one who plays Archer because obviously Potter knows Cucurella from Brighton, so that'll be an interesting one. I um I wanted to have a quick look at this. This is a graphic from Ben Krellen on Twitter, which he puts together, which is all the fixtures in it, and also um they filter in the um the the European fixtures as well. So they play Fulham at the weekend, Chelsea, and then they've got um Rebel Salzburg. That sounds about right. And then Liverpool, and then it's the international break. Um, and then they've got Palace. Atletico Madrid? No, is that nice too? Who's ACM? AC Milan, AC Milan, that's the one. So they play AC Milan home, Wolves, and then AC Milan away, and then there are three league games. Then it's Salzburg and Dynamo, Dynamo Zagreb. They've got quite a decent run of fixtures, really, because I mean, from game week nine to game week twelve, they've got Palace, Wolves, Villa, and Brentford. So again, if I was wild carding in game week nine, I'll have hopefully two weeks to see what Potter can do with mm. them. If we're assuming Potter's going to take this job, by the way, I mean, it seems pretty nailed on according to Sky Sports, and they're not normally yeah. wrong with these things. He's been waiting for a big job. It's come up. It's come up. He's going to be taking it. Yeah, surely. So um, we'll have hopefully Fulham, um, Salzburg, and Liverpool games to see how who he picks and how he sets up. And then people who are looking to wildcard in game week nine, you know, Palace, Wolves, Villa and Brentford, they're really good fixtures to probably jump on maybe a player like Sterling and James, maybe mm. something like that. Because remember, Raheem Sterling scored a lot of goals against bad teams. You know, that's where he'll get his 20 goals this season. So those four weeks are where we should be looking to really jump on him as as, as a player. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he got one or two against Fulham at the weekend, because you know what he's like. Um uh, he better have been the shining light, but he won't be playing through the middle as much because I think Aubameyang's obviously that's a weird signing to make Aubameyang and then sack Tuchel. Do you not think? I just found that a really, I found that really weird because he seems like the Tuchel signing. Yeah, it's, it's it's just his attitude's horrendous, and it's like, well, okay, your attitude's horrendous, but you're coming to work under a manager that's managed to be fine, knows how you work, knows how you you know to get the best out of you, then sack him. I, Potter's not the kind of person for me that's going to take any crap from anyone. Um, yeah. I don't think he's going to come in starstruck any any means. He's worked hard to get where he is from Swedish football to Swansea to here. Um, so I don't think he's going to have any loyalty when he comes in. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Aubameyang was awful. It was awful last night uh, for the first half against um, Dynamo Zagreb. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we just see Aubameyang rotting on the bench yeah. and then going off to like China or something in January. Yeah, he's one of those players who go to China or Saudi, but let's mm. be honest, just for people, maybe MLS, you never know. They're all the graveyards for good footballers, though. Yeah. Um, you can see how ridiculously tight the schedules are for the teams that are in Europe, by the way. Like, it's, you know, there's a, ga- there's a mid- game every midweek now um, until uh, the World Cup. So they're going to be really using the squads. So I thought it was interesting to have a look at the fixture ticker from game week 7 to 16 and have a look at the players who are um, not in Europe and also have really good fixtures on the fixture ticker. So Bournemouth won't touch them with a barge pole still really at the moment, but, you know, keep an eye on them. Um, have they got a new manager yet? No, it's still Gary O'Neill. Okay. So, you know, Brighton, Newcastle next two, they're tough. So ignore them really for now. West Ham obviously are in Europe. Crystal Palace have the best fixtures until, uh, out of all of the teams until the World Cup. So, you know, Palace are a team to look at. If, For example, you have already wildcarded, and a lot of people have already. 
they're the sort of team which you could look at. Someone like Zaha looks he he looks better this season than he has mm. done in previous seasons. He looks like he's leveled up a little bit for me. And I'm one of his biggest it. critics, to be honest. I'm I'm not a massive Zaha fan, but I think this season he's looked his best I've seen him play for for a while. Um, so I'd seriously be considering him. And they've got Man United, Brighton, and Chelsea next three. So if you look into Wildcard in game week ten, for an example, um, that fantastic Leeds, Leicester, uh, Wolves, Everton, Southampton, West Ham, and Nottingham Forest, all the way up until the World Cup. I mean, they're amazing fixtures. Um, so you could, if you're wildcarding again, though, in game week nine. I wouldn't be put off getting Zaha in anyway. Um, you know, probably playing him against Chelsea at home. You never know. Um, but then I'll have him in for the rest of that time. So he's someone I'm definitely looking at. Fulham, next on the fixture ticker. Again, they've got Chelsea next. So that's not easy. But then they've got Forest, Newcastle. Again, not that easy. West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa, Leeds, Everton. And then they have City and United just before the World Cup. So they're tough last two games. But I'd be quite tempted to... Because it's debatable for me whether I'm going to go a 3-4-3 on the wild card or a 3-5-2. And the thing that I like the most about going 3-4-3 is that I can kind of have Andreas Pereira as my fifth midfielder. I can have a playing fifth midfielder, whereas I think you can't really have a playing third striker. No, um, it's a tough one. It's, it's difficult. Um, if you're going to play five across midfield, that is, you can't play in third striker. Um, it's, you kind of spending too much money on a player that might not even really feature for you. So Fulham, you know, Mitrovic, one of the questions at the beginning of the season was, can he deliver? Can he do it? Yes. Short answer. Um, you know, he's somebody now I'm absolutely looking at trying to get in my fantasy team. So he's someone you look at and Pereira is, is absolutely ideal as the your fifth midfielder. Yeah, I'm looking at that because it's, yeah, it's Fulham, Chelsea, it's Chelsea, Fulham are at home against Chelsea, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's such a such a leak, and that's their big dab, isn't it, for Fulham? I think yeah, well, it's their... just one side at River, isn't it? Yeah, stadiums from each other. Yeah, so that's their big game. That crowd's going to be up for it. It's a tight crowd. It's a tight stadium. Um, Mitrovic might get a couple of goals. He could easily get a red card though, maybe. Yeah, you never know, do you? Honestly, um, Newcastle next on the list again, not in Europe. West Ham next, but then Bor- um, which is again fine, really, this season so far. I mean, they didn't look bad, and they were a VAR decision away from getting a draw against Chelsea, which was still a little bit mad, isn't it? Scandalous uh, decision. I was going to say, we're going to disagree about this VAR call because <laughs> 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 I don't think we can. Can no, we? It's terrible. Um, the ref was in the best place on the pitch to give yeah. that decision. Ah, I couldn't, couldn't believe it. Um, so, but Newcastle. One, one you know, thing. When... One thing to note: we're going to see some interest. Uh, we're we're going to see a lot, a lot of uh, stuff let go. I think this weekend on the back of last weekend. Yeah, I agree. Um, quick poll on that whilst I, I've got you. Uh, did you think that Erdegaard fouled Ericsson? Because I'm obviously biased. So, do you think he fouled? Yeah. Him? Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought so too. And I was went straight for him. Yeah, I was um, like, surely this is a foul. Even but Tom, even even Tom said he fouled him. So. Did he? Okay, right. Well, even the Leeds fan said, "Okay, okay I'm, I'm all right with that." Um, so yeah, Newcastle next up. Uh, West Ham, Bournemouth, Fulham, Brentford. They've got Man United away and t- Tottenham away thrown into the the mix. But again, they've got good fixtures. You know, when you look at players from Newcastle, Trippier obviously a fantastic yeah. option. Seems to be doing really well with his set pieces, etc. Out, you know, waiting for someone like Bruno Gamares to come back from fitness and keep an eye on him, of course. Uh, so Maximan is a punt, but he is very injury prone. I really like the look of Isak. Yeah, he looks the real deal, doesn't he? 
and Wilson won't get his place back, or they might play him together if you know he does come back because he's Wilson is just. I, I really like Callum Wilson as a player. He's just always injured. Man. I know. Got me fantasy draft. It was such a good start to the season, <laughs> and he's just. I think they'll play him together. I think Wilson's too good a player. He's not. Yes. He's, he's going to play him together. I, I do agree, actually, I've got to say. Um, so we might see Isak drop a touch deeper in that sense, but I think he's a fantastic differential um, to get on if you're going to do that. So I'm looking at these players in a wild card um, because I think they're a really good blend. Leicester, I'd be really interested. I mean, Brendan looks done, doesn't he? I mean, I, I, he's, he's come out and criticised not getting any money, and that's what that was Scotty Parker's final nail, wasn't it? And I think um, it's come out today that Leicester have lost the most money this year. Like, well, they're they're forty million of, down, wasn't it? Wow. Bit, of, bit of a financial mess, apparently, at the minute, which, you know, they're, they're an absolute wedge club. So I don't know what's going on there. Something's not being run right, is it? No. Um, and I feel like that's going to mean, you know, a sale of Madison or whatever. I feel like Madison right now as a player is playing for his England spot and playing for a January move. I think he's yeah. playing both of those. And I really like him as a player. I think he's someone who looks good. It was, apart from last game, when he gave the ball like, away for a goal. Um, yeah. That's yeah, a big he, game. he looked like he was about to cry when he did that. Yeah. Well, if Leicester lose at home to Villa, bye-bye, Brendan, I think, on that one. And I think then, as, as well, what we're looking at in game week nine is Forest, Bournemouth, Palace, Leeds, Wolves, the next run of five games. Mm. That's someone I could lo- love to look at, someone... I still don't understand how Kelechi Iheanacho doesn't get a run of games. Because he always scores when he plays. He does. I feel like it's brutal for him. That's why I him in from game week one last year. And all, hey. That's where it went wrong. I mean, unfortunately, if you'd have had Antonio instead of him, you'd have done all right. But it's just it's just bad. It's, I feel really sorry for him. He must be a terrible trainer. Um, or he just doesn't fit the system. But why would they buy him in that case? Um, but anyway, I think Leicester are a team just to watch. And um, I love I love the value in someone like Madison in the midfield, and as well as a differential, someone to move on to. Uh, Aston Villa next up. Weirdly, the biggest troll in the game, Leon Bailey, who got rid of um, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Uh, Man City's clean sheet against Villa. Um, he's down to four point seven million now, and I think that's really good value still. <laughs> His finish wanted... was a fantastic finish, wasn't it? If you wanted him as your fifth midfielder. You couldn't. You could go. You could be. You could go further wrong, um, but still, again, not doing too bad. Uh, City, obviously, in there. Everton, still not a team I'd be looking to really get on. If you wanted to put Patterson in as you know another cheap defender with Nico Williams or something to build up your squad, you can do. Anthony Gordon is going to be there. Is he five point five mil? Gordon. He's still quite cheap. He looks good. He does look good. He's 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 finished. I can't remember what game it was when he went through on goal. It might have been Southampton. I can't remember what it was. But he scored. I'll, I'll, I'll double check. And his finish was really accomplished. He just put it across the keeper into the far corner. And I thought, well, this guy looks incredibly confident for a guy who's facing relegation. Um, there he is, Gordon. Yeah, 5.5. Only 2.7 owned. He's got 22 points this season. Um, might have been the Brentford game. But in his last three, he's got six, eight, and then obviously was, three against. That was a Leeds game. I think it was a really good finish against in, in Leeds game. Yeah, he slotted him in just on side, and then he just popped it, popped it on the melee. Might be that, one, but I remember watching finish. I thought, crikey, that looks good. But he's, he's second out of two hundred and seventy for threat on the ICT index. So I'm surprised Tom's not bought him already. To be honest, 
Um, and and uh, yeah, I would say for the eye test, like if if you were an alien from outer space and you said, "Oh, watch Anthony God in this game and watch Mo Salah," which one do you think is worth thirteen million on fantasy football? You would say Anthony Gordon without a shadow of a doubt. He was miles better than Salah at the weekend. Yeah. Arsenal away, tough next game. West Ham at home, not the easiest game ever. But again, game week nine. If you're looking for a player, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to buy Anthony Gordon most probably. But at the same time, you know, Man United and Spurs in ten and eleven. It's still not bad fixtures, anyway. Not bad fixtures. And a player, I think, that has looked really quite good considering he's playing in a very bad team. Um, Leeds have got, if you're looking at a one-week punt, they've got Forrest at home next week. Sinistera has been on form mm-hmm. um, as, as a player to pick and, and look at. Um, so someone like him, I'll be going for my one-week punt on from, from Leeds now because everyone's trying to look for that Rodrigo replacement. A lot of people like us in the pod team went for Harrison. Um but after the, they've got Villa, Palace, Arsenal, Leicester and Fulham, the five games after game week nine again. Potential for some midfield options in there to go with, but, you know, you wouldn't touch them defensively. Um, and obviously we've talked about Forrest and Nico Williams. Um, Johnson's got a couple of goals, isn't he, as well? Yep. Um, and uh, Spurs, Spurs have a run after game week nine of Arsenal and Brighton, Everton and Man United. It's not easy and Arsenal, Brighton and Man United are all away Like that's a really quite tough, mm. they've got Everton at home in the middle of it that's really good but any of those people who are sat on Kane at the moment you've got City away and then you've got Leicester at home which is so good it's um, it's it's difficult, obviously you hold a player like Kane through tough difficult runs of fixtures you know Leicester, Leicester Arsenal, Brighton maybe but there wouldn't be someone I'd be looking at bringing in in a wild card which makes me think that if I'm wild carding and I'm playing three up front like we've talked about it's probably a Harlan Tony Mitrovic. And that, that sort of that sort of look. Because I was quite surprised to see Brentford this far down in terms of fixtures. Yeah, I was really surprised. The fixtures don't look bad. <laughs> Bournemouth, Newcastle away, obviously tough. Brighton, Chelsea, Villa, Wolves, Nottingham Forest, and then obviously City away in game week sixteen. But yeah. I don't think those fixtures are bad at all, no. really. Um so if I was building a wildcard draft, which I I, uh, I don't know if it's if it's saved or not. It's uh, it's it's not saved, but because um, I came off it, cause, you know, I was at work today, so uh, it did delete my wildcard draft. That I did, but my wildcard draft, um, it was those three up front, Mitrovic, Tony, and, and Harland. So uh, yeah, that's what I would I would look at. Brighton quite far down on this list. Um, Arsenal after game week nine, Spurs, Liverpool, Leeds away, and then City at home. So I wouldn't be surprised to see because they're also combined with. Europa League games. I won't be surprised to see Jesus's ownership drop. You know, but quite when you've when you like, well, when you say you've got your Tonys and your Mitrovic's, and you can you know then get two mil in the bank if you go for one of them, for example. Um, it's certainly smart, and he's not. You know, I'm going to be going to be wrong here. He's not done a lot, has he recently? No, I mean, he's got 33 points, but he he got 19 in one game. That's it. Like, yeah, it's not. It's, mm, it's, it, it, one thing I would say about Hazers is it looks amazing every time I watch him play. Yeah, he does. He passes the eye test massively. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I would say is that he's got 33 points, and Martinelli, who is 1.6 million cheaper, has got yeah. 36 points. So he's got three points more, and they're consistent 8 8 6 2 10 2. And in the United game, he did make a fantastic finish for yeah. that ruled out goal. And then so, look, at the, look at the minutes as well. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's playing, he's got sub-74, but that's it. But, you know, Everton and Brentford next to, 
again, if you're looking for a punt, but he's not a punt at all. He's one of the most owned players in the game at 46.5%. But if you're looking to bring a player in for two weeks and then wildcard in game week nine and take him back out again, Martinelli at 6.5, he looks really good. You you can't really go far wrong. If you want a crazy Arsenal punt, bring Jacker in. He seems to uh, seems to always be sniffing around the box and getting in like a few contributions this season. He's the attacking of the two midfielders, isn't he? Which is yeah. quite obviously um, his his best position. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously I, w- I wanted to run through you know different options, different options for people to have a punt on, different options for people to how they were going to build a, a wild card draft. And if I was building a wild card team, I say I'd probably be going for a three four three formation. Um, probably having uh, Mitrovic, Tony, and Haaland up top, with a Pereira in um, as my fifth midfielder, and then across midfield, you've 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 got such an array of options. Mm. You've got loads of options across the midfield. So, I, I you know I'll, I'll I'll work my way back, and I think in terms of um, defensive options, you know goalkeepers, for an example, Sanchez has been fantastic um, uh, this so far this season, but. The fixtures aren't incredible moving forward. So, it's someone like Nick Pope has been is a bonus point magnet. It's five point one million. Him paired with Everson or Ward, whichever one plays under the new manager, if Brendan does leave, you know, he, Ward could easily get dropped after his performances. To be fair, um, but whichever one of them plays, I, I would I'd look say at... uh, keep an eye on Quieter as well. Wow, what a game he had uh, at the weekend! Unbelievable game. It's um amazing because they've brought Sam Johnston in, haven't they? Mm. And um, and they've still got Butland. Yeah, they've got an, they've got a right good triple threat of keepers there. It's an unbelievable set of three keepers, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if I was wildcarding right now, I'd go Nick Pope in goal. Would I feel comfortable doubling up on their defence? Yeah, probably with Trippier, only because Trippier the att- has the attack, the attacking returns of Trippier, don't you? Exactly, gets attacking returns. I probably look at João Cancelo. I had done this, by the way, as a draft for YouTube watchers, but it's deleted it. So, so it's gone off. So I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, but Cancelo, I um, I had in my my draft and my team. And then it's yeah, Nico Williams, obviously, is a backup. I think a right wing back Forrest. Why not? He's not going to play for you. He's going to be on your bench, but he's going to play, you know, come on every week and, and get your points if people do get rotated. Um, and within that set, you know, I, I liked the look of having a, a Zaha... Madison, you know, a couple of those sorts of options in the midfield to be paired with potentially like a Kevin De Bruyne um, as your premium midfielder, something along those lines, uh, and maybe getting um, maybe a United player. But I'm not, you know, that's just me being a bit biased. I think, um, but not still... one, not mention one Liverpool player there. <laughs> no, no, not. I, I had I had Salah in one draft, and I just was like, I basically had the conversation with myself that we had at the beginning of this pod. Yeah, I'm like, it's just not worth 13 million quid. But I still want a premium midfielder in case he goes nuts, and I want a team structure because he he's got it in him. He's obviously, you know, we know yeah. he has. But I still want a premium midfielder. But I did look at the option of having um, just going with Sterling in a wild card draft, and that being my premium midfielder at 10 million, and then being able to spread the money between you know Madison, Zaha, and then one other. Um, it, just anyway, but I think we've got I think we've got loads of options in midfield, and that's where you're going to be able to differentiate your teams. I think we're all going to have you know at least two of the big four or five strikers, and I think if everyone's going to have Cancelo because they pretty much are like 
You know, I don't have him at the moment. I got rid of him. Wish I got rid of Trent instead, but obviously I don't because he got 17 points against Bournemouth. But it's that, that that's the blend. What, what are your thoughts, Scott? Because I'm 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 rambling now. What do you think? No, I, I can't really disagree with anything you've said there. I, I I agree with it. You've got to you've got to you've got to go with what's going on this season and not really worry about what's happened previously. Last season, big at the back was good. It's not at the minute. It might be later on in the season. It's not right now. Um, Salah was good for the last five years. He's not right now. So, um, and also, if you're worried about sort of going away from him, you're not going to be the only one going away from him. I know people in, in the podcast league, many people have already gone away from him. Um, we had the hindsight, didn't we, just that year, not to have him in the uh, the podcast league, uh, the podcast league. Um, it's not gone great other than that. But, um, yeah. Well, we, 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 we were lucky with the Bowen situation and stuff. You know, that, that's, that, that's been our biggest problem, I think, let's yeah. be honest. It's, uh, we've been unlucky. Our punts didn't pay off, but actually the people we left out did. <laughs> it's, um, but you know, there's a price change, price watchers. I think Rashford, Trippier, Mitrovic and Trossard, funnily enough, probably going to go up tonight. Your man, Jack, is probably going to go up tonight, apparently. He's a main man. Um, yeah, I would not, I've not got the minerals to do players in a minute. There's too much Europe between now and the weekend for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, it's like there's always that debate in there. Do I go in early and save the money? No, for me, it's not worth it ever. Not when they are playing in Europe. Whereas I think actually, if you do want to make that move to Trippier now, I don't think there's a problem with that. Make that move oh, to no. Mitrovic now, not a problem. Yeah. But like someone like, you know, your Rashfords or whatever, anything can happen with those guys. Um, and then, yeah, you've just got to be careful with, with, with someone like Salah, for an example, because... Uh, I know he looks like he's going to go down in price within its couple of days. So it's it'd be interesting to see because I mean, if he bangs tonight, then everyone will be back on him again. Um, but things to watch out for then to, to summarise. So if you are looking at wildcarding this week, hopefully we've given you an idea about some of the players that we would look at. If you're wildcarding in eight or nine or ten again, I think that's the optimal time to be looking at doing it. Um, and you know, watch out for who in terms of Europe uh, minutes that people get important players that are starting obviously important especially in the Europa League and the Conference League um you know I think West Ham are going to be putting everything they've got into that Conference League this season after the start they've had in the Prem but I also know that Man United I think they and Man United and Arsenal also will be because it's going to be really competitive for the top four this season by the looks of it after the first six weeks um even after the first two like United we're going to get relegated now they're the both best form team in the league after the last four weeks so this is what happens um, and then, yeah, look out for the, the management changes at Chelsea. Look out for the management changes at Leicester, Bournemouth, and, of course, potentially Brighton, and have a look at who plays and who doesn't. All these factors are really important um, as to who you're going to bring into your team um, further down the line. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, very exciting, exciting times with those. So um, I'll, I'll wrap up there and we'll have a look at this next game week and we'll, uh, we'll finish off by looking at, 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 at captains. Um, and who we're going to move forward. So, fixtures for game week seven. Uh, we've got the early kickoff: Fulham and Chelsea, John BT, Bournemouth, Brighton, Leicester, Villa, Liverpool at home to Wolves, Southampton, Brentford, City, Spurs, Arsenal, Everton, West Ham, Newcastle, Palace, Man United, and then Monday night football: Leeds versus Forest. Teams that stand out for it's a tough one for captains, isn't it? Teams that stand out got to be a bit left wing here. Leeds United. Monday night football, Ellen Road against the Leaky Forest. Kind of like that a little bit. Ooh, that's uh, that is interesting. Where are where are Forest in the league? Not very well, are they? 14 oh. goals conceded. Oh yeah. 
uh, and lead with the 10 10 score. Yeah, just, just, I never never battled that. Ellen Road in the Monday night, I would pretty much always battle Lady United to win that game. I think uh, Tom Tom is 100% captaining Sinistera this week. Uh, was, no minerals, no minerals. <laughs> and uh, yeah. all you Leeds fans listening, yeah. Scott's, Scott's calling you out here. <laughs> Gotta go for it. Gotta go for it. Um, they're not going to though. There's going to be a few bottlers that are going to go sell her at home to Wolves. Um, yeah. But and Wolves, have, Wolves have kept the most clean sheets this yeah, season. I think. Exactly. Or, or they've, they've conceded the least amount of goals this season. I'll just double check that. All but... I will say, Alex, is the board been boring this season, which indicates they've probably n- not scored or not conceded many. Yeah, scored there three, conceded <laughs> four. I mean, what an absolute dull team they are. Yeah. Um, but I would. Yeah. But I mean, I'm everyone's going to go Haaland because. You can't. You can't not go in. I mean, they're playing Spurs at home. Spurs are amazing, but it's Haaland. I think this week is a week where I will be looking at someone like a Martinelli or a Jesus at home to Everton. Uh-huh. I, I just, or I'll be bringing in a United player uh, as my one of my two week punts, and you know, sticking the armband on Bruno or Rashford or Sancho or something. Because famous last words. I hope you're ready for this. You're going to sound by this and quote it. I don't think that Haaland can hurt me too much this week if I don't captain him because I do own him. I don't feel like it's a hat trick game. <laughs> and there's the quote. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it's not an easy. It's not an easy decision this week at all. No. Um, no, but he's the informed player. He's the best player in the league at the moment, and he's scoring loads of goals. And they're playing Spurs. I, you know, it's, it's just that sort of game where, like, I think last season didn't Spurs beat City twice? It did. Like, uh, it was really weird. I think like didn't City like lose to Palace, Spurs, and like Southampton or something weird? But then they beat everybody. <laughs> Like they drew with Liverpool or something. But anyway, yeah, I, I think captaincy is interesting. You know, Jesus and Martinelli, you know, going for a United player, Leeds player, Haaland. There'll be a lot of different captains this week um, outside of Haaland. Um, so it's, it, I think it's an exciting one. I think it's one of the, one of the more interesting ones. Um, deadline, Saturday the 10th of September, Saturday at 11am. And then just a quick heads up. You know, would uh, definitely endeavour to get a podcast out next week because I think it's uh, that interesting time of the season to do so. Um, and two Friday night games. What's that two, about? This is what I'm saying. It's two Friday night games. So the Friday deadline at six thirty on Friday the sixteenth of September. So don't get caught out by the Friday deadline. Um, yeah, Villa Southampton and then Forest are playing Fulham at eight o'clock and not on TV on Friday. Horrendous. That that must be on TV in like Saudi Arabia or something. There must have been an agreement. What is that about? It's a weird game, isn't it? <laughs> it's a really what a weird game to televise, but not televise. But having a Friday, there's got to be some. There's got to be something going on in Nottingham City Centre yeah. or something over that weekend. They've Friday, had to move to security. Like yeah, maybe something like that. Um, um, it's pride for Steve Cooper. He'll get his big job next as well, right? In the lad, to be fair, at some point. Um, probably go to Brighton. Who knows? Seems like a natural progression. So um, yes, just a heads up that that's the that Friday deadline. In case we don't get a pod out, which I'm sure we'll try our best to do, but just just a heads up game week eight. Um, and uh, there's some some pretty pretty interesting fixtures in there. But you know, like City playing Wolves, but Man U play Leeds, and then they finish off with Chelsea and Liverpool. That's before the international break. But the we'll, uroar uh, coming from Leeds fans that that's not going to be on TV is going to be brilliant. Man U Leeds not on telly. What a joke! I'm annoyed about it. I love to watch it. 
Um, be a proper fan, I'll go to Old Trafford, I suppose. But thanks ever so much to everybody for tuning in this week. I really appreciate it, and I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I hope we've covered off um, and give you give, covered off everything you wanted to know and give you some things to think about. Don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, uh, on football pod, on football p, and also uh, like the video and subscribe to our channel because it helps boost us organically. And thank you ever so much to the forty people that are in our league. Um, really appreciate your support. And I really hope you enjoy the podcast uh, as it is very much our league centric and focused. And I do realise that I actually went on to our league and then never shouted about Jeff Belcher for going top. Hmm. Um, he, don't need, he, he don't need it. He doesn't need it, the lad, does he? Um, after he came on our pod three weeks ago with us and then said he needed to get rid of Rashford. <laughs> and ah. he still got him and he's doing amazing. But well done, Jeff. Top of the league, three points ahead of Nicola Tomlinson, still smashing it. Well done, Nicola. And then Barry Stokes, our cup winner, has uh, gone within 10 points of the lead um, in third place. David Byrne, Louise Evans, and then Scott Williams there. So, uh, yes, good luck, everyone, this week. Green arrows all round. My God, I hope I get one. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Bye for now. <laughs>